Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, hour number two, Barton Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. So Black Monday in the NFL, Arthur Smith out in Atlanta, no surprise there. Ron Rivera out in Washington. Bill Belichick's future still to be decided, but having conversations about it already in New England. Uh, and how about Mike Vrabel, Tennessee also? Well, some reports that it's... I think that'd be his choice. 50-50. Yeah, I think that is his choice. And wouldn't it be if the New England job opened, would he want to go back home where he was a player and won a Super Bowl as a player, right? So a lot of things to watch on that front. What we do know, though, is that the Jets and the Giants head coaches are going nowhere, and the uh, coordinators are going nowhere as well. And the uh, all the Giants did was move out. Uh, Thomas Begay, he's been there forever, st- special teams coach. He's out, and then Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, out as well for a, a struggling offensive line for the Giants. While that's going on in the NFL, you know what we have tonight? <coughs> National yeah. Championship. The granddaddy of them all! I don't um, even know if that's one. No, what, what, who, what bowl has this? It's not the Sugar Bowl. What is it? What? I don't know. You know, well, that's the Sugar Bowl right there. They played in the Sugar Bowl in the prelims. It's, and then the it's, Rose Bowl. It's, it's the National it's the national championship. Yeah, but it usually rotates bowl games, though. No, it's the, just the national it championship. Is? Yeah, it's, what did that? You know what? Let's ask an expert. Yeah, because I. You this know. is somebody that you know well, Let's teammates. Out. We've had him on the show many times before, of course, and it is Greg McElroy, who's on the coverage tonight. ESPN College Football Analyst. You'll see him in the pre, and you'll also hear him on ESPN Radio on the game coverage. That's on ten fifty a.m. Yeah. And then after the Rangers game on ninety eight seven, ESPN will pick up the coverage as well. Greg, thanks for joining us and bringing some intellect to the conversation. Can you answer all of Bart's <laughs> hold questions? Hold on, Greg, Greg, before we start, understand, because we, we're teammates, and our listeners probably know that, but what they don't know is I didn't really go to college. I went to 13th grade. You played real college football. <laughs> so excuse me because I don't know all the bowl games because I went to 13th grade. I didn't go to college. They didn't have bowl games at the one double yeah, uh, this one this is this is not a bowl game. Uh, you were all over it, um, but yeah, it's it's here at uh, NRG Stadium, a place that you know well, Bart, and yeah. uh, like many of us, we we quite literally can't wait. Uh, which I know you trademarked. Wow. But I'm going to borrow it tonight. Should be a good matchup. All right, already, already, McElroy costing himself money. Ten cent, baby. <laughs> Each time he <laughs> says it, we have to uh, make sure. Yep. Okay. Well, all right. So this game alone, like, there's so many storylines with this game. I mean, obviously the Harbaugh thing and and whether or not, like, you know, finally getting Michigan to the top of the mountain. Can he do it? Both both programs. It's been a long time since either one of them have won a championship. And then we have again another battle of of undefeateds. It, it, with all these different storylines, Greg, what is the one that you feel is the biggest one of this game? Well, the fact that neither team has won a national championship that wasn't shared since 1948. I mean, Michigan, all-time winningest program. Uh, the last championship they had was in 97. That was a split title yeah. with Nebraska. And the last one they won outright by themselves was 75 years ago. Uh, it's pretty wild. So, and then Washington's never won one that wasn't split. They split one in, in 91 with mm-hmm. Miami. So it, it's pretty crazy to think about. I mean, honestly, two pretty storied programs uh, with great, great tradition, but uh, kind of fleeting tradition, <laughs> at least in the modern era. So it's, yeah, I think that's fascinating. I think the Harbaugh that this is the last game more than likely is fascinating. Um, and the fact that you have new school college football, Spread it out, spread the field, stretch the field vertically with a great passing attack against an old school ground and pound. I mean, it's 
it's all you can ask for uh, if you're looking for storylines. Yeah, it reminds me of like when the Giants went against um, the Jim Kelly um, Buffalo Bills and, and they just slowed the game out. You know, um, but you know, before you you were talking about um, Harbaugh and the fact that this could be his last game. You know, when you talk about that story, do you think it's you think he stays? Is it, is it a scenario that he stays if he loses, hmm. and if he wins, he goes because he can ride off into the sunset? Because we all know the story. You know, you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And he's starting to become the villain of not just Michigan. You know, they love him, but of of um, college football. And what kind of what kind of you know vacuum is he going to leave when you think about what the suspensions could be? You know, maybe potentially for Michigan, uh, you know, going forward. Well, I think that's probably as much a part of it. Is this the you know every coach and every player, frankly, the fear of the unknown is real, and uh, this feels like the year they kind of circled. When you look at their roster, they went young a couple years ago. They had talent, but they went a little younger, and they have now kind of allowed some of those young guys to accelerate their development and now kind of culminate in this moment. Uh, I think it's his last game. Um, I also think, look, he's not necessarily going to win a Mr. Congeniality contest amongst <laughs> NFL owners. I mean, you hear five stories about what went down in San Francisco, and you're like, all right, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's weird. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I mean, if he stepped into the NFL, he would be the leader as far as career winning percentage right now. Um, and I, to be honest, I think Mark Davis is going to make him say no in, uh, in Vegas. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would be really surprised. If this isn't his last one, he's flirted with a couple the last couple of years, but it just felt like unfinished business having not beaten the teams in the semifinal, but he got to have Unky off his back. If he wins tonight, I think it's a no-doubter. Uh, and if he loses tonight, I'd say it's still 90-10 stay go. Uh, or, excuse me, go versus stay um, at the end of it. Because there's just too many openings coming up that are – I think a little pretty pretty nice jobs to be honest with you in the NFL. You know, and and the the, the Chargers job also. It's L.A. It's Southern California. It's it's also a quarterback that if you if you listen to Mike Greenberg, and I'm sure you've heard him say this, where they've got conversations where he has raved about Herbert and how much he loves him as a quarterback. So it is a job that's open now. Will their ownership want to open up the the purse strings to to bring him in there versus <laughs> what Mark Davis would do? If that that's that's what becomes really but, interesting. Can we, can we just sit on that for a second? What do you mean? If, if if just imagine if Mark Davis hires Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. he will be paying two hundred billion dollars <laughs> to three coaches yes. at one time. Like, what type of insurance policy you got to take out to, for the emergency fund to be able to afford that? He's paying See, ninety like, not million all already. Are, not all of us are pinching. Not all of us are pinching pennies, Bart. Like, some of, <laughs> none of, not, I don't think Mark Davis is going to try to try to die a, a wealthy man. The goal is not to die as rich as possible. Like, spend it all. I mean, if you got and honest, that roster, to be honest with you, like if you draft Michael Penix, who might be like a middle of the first type of guy. I mean, he might play his way into the top five if he keeps rolling the way he's rolling. Uh-huh. Look, with all due respect to Aiden O'Connell, that roster's not bad. You take a guy that you can get maybe in the you know fifteen to twenty range, and you plug him in, and he gives you like a higher ceiling. Yeah, I mean, you might be cooking. So I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that that job is really interesting. And if I'm Mark Davis, who cares? 
Right. Like, pay whatever it takes to get the guy that you want. It's all about stars. Um, because if there's one thing we've learned is that there are not many great coaches in the NFL right now. There really aren't. I mean, you say there are. I just, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I no, it's not. far between. I know for a yeah, fact. You, you know, you played with a couple of them. And you know for a fact that some of them can't coach their way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> That's why you're saying that. Because you know, you know a couple of these dudes and what they were doing when you was in the league. Like, he got a job. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> Well, well, I do think I had a quarterback coach that didn't know the offense at one point, but I, that's you know that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, uh, but you know we can get there down the road. I'll tell you what, that's a conversation <laughs> we might want to have one day too. But as we're talking with Greg McElroy again, the national championship tonight on ESPN, and and he has the call on ESPN Radio uh, as well as you'll see him in the pre and post game coverages. But uh, on the topic of the quarterback, since you brought it up, and it's obviously in the NFL. I mean, it's just your start for quarterbacks. It's always a big story about the draft and. You know, there's a couple of names at the top, but but is this an opportunity for someone like Michael Penix, who I believe it was before the the, the college football playoff began? Day two pick. He, he was a day two pick. Like this wasn't somebody that you were talking about as a first round pick, and now he's creeping into the conversation. Can can this can really one game? Yeah. Can this game after the numbers? What was it? Four hundred fifty yeah. yard performance yeah. in the semifinal. Knees like Patrick Ewing. Great. Can he? Ahead. Well, fine. And I know he's been in college football forever, but. Can can he can one performance tonight vault him into let's say a top ten pick? All right, so here's my theory on this one. Like, if you're drafting a guy, and look, we all draft quarterbacks now because I want a guy for the next fifteen years. Like, there's like a ten year horizon that we're evaluating these guys. But if you want to win now, I mean, if you are a guy that's on one of those fringe team in the teens, and you want to win today, Michael Penix will be the best rookie quarterback. I really believe that. If you just watch, first of all, the style of offense, uh, I think it's translatable. It's not all heavy RPO and all this other nonsense. Like it's like real drop back, passing attack, back to the defense, move the pocket. Like it's real NFL concept. And a lot of the throws that he has to make are down the field throws in tight windows. Um, so I think that if you have to win your rookie year, he's your guy. Now, eight years from now, is he going to have the ceiling of a Caleb Williams or a Drake May? I don't know. You know, that, those guys are going to have a higher ceiling down the road. And then the other thing, too, one thing that's huge for Penix is his medical. And when he gets to Indy, that dude's going to be poked and prodded like mm. there's no tomorrow because he's had <laughs> two shoulders and two ACLs. Yeah. And that is concerning. He has altered his play since he's been banged up in the past. He's no longer a move guy. He's no longer a scrambler. He's, he's scrambled seven times this whole year. Seven in 14 games. Wow. So every other week he might tuck it and run, but it doesn't happen often. So he's only been sacked 11 times. He's really altered his his game and his identity as a player. But the injury history is a real one. So I think that might scare a couple teams out. Man, I'd roll the dice in a heartbeat. If I had a ready-made roster that's just missing the quarterback, I just need a little bit more juice at that position. Like he's the guy I think that can get me over the top early in his career, a la a Russell Wilson when he came out. Like, I think that's the type of rookie contract you could be getting from Michael Penix. It's just will he be able to play at that level for the next 10 years and be better than the guys that will be drafted one and two? Probably not. So he's also not someone, as, as I'm looking at, the Giants are picking six. Like, that's too high for somebody. Because you have Daniel Jones, right? But you don't know how long you're going to have him for. But it does feel like you need to have your next guy you know, in the franchise. 
you wouldn't want to like draft and and then say, well, we'll develop him and give him time. And although you do mention the Russell Wilson thing, where he outplayed um, who was the Matt starter, Flynn. and then became the starter by a bit of a surprise. But he was a fourth round. But he was a fourth round pick, right? Like, yeah, different. like, like you're not talking about or something of that something. of that range, right? You're talking more like you mentioned Vegas. They pick 13th. That would make more sense. Yes, like I'm thinking like Vegas Jets. And obviously, like it would be a little bit of an insurance policy for Rodgers in the event in which interesting, you know, he's not quite ready to go. Like if I'm the Jets and I got weather and wind that I got to deal with, I want to bring in Michael Penix, who's got ten and a half inch hands, and be able to slice it through no problem whatsoever and drop in the bucket on some of those big plays. I mean, I I really think like that's where he should go, and. If Rogers shuts it down, or if he gives you one more, and then he takes over and has three years to prove it before you got to decide on his fifth-year option, like I think that's a great spot to be in. So yeah. I think that tweener, you know, thirteen to eighteen range, that'd be where I'd kind of look to see go at him. And if you get him at nine, who cares? No. Uh, but if you need one, go get him. And I, I really do. I think he's going to be a great rookie no. and probably a great second and third-year player, and probably a solid to above-average NFL player for a really long time. It's just. I don't know if he'll ever crack into the top five. So he's Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I think he's always well, Kirk Cousins with a little bit more horsepower. Right, like, right. Kirk right. Cousins is going to win with accuracy, anticipation. This guy's got a freaking cannon. Right. He, so he, he can he can ramp it up, but I do think there are some parts of his game. Like there's a like a two or three series a game, he just kind of disappears. He's a little too aggressive. You got to kind of coach that out of him, but. He also, at the same time, man, he can make all the throws. Now, how much is that based on if he struggles against his, uh, you know, what if he struggles against his uh, defense? Is it going to say, well, this is an indication that it was more about the competition that he played against and last week playing against Texas. Texas, you know, you know, is not really known as a defensive program, and I'm being kind that way. Uh, what if he struggles? Could he <laughs> potentially drop and then somebody can get a steal, still, still get a steal, right, maybe in the second or third round, like, what I'm asking is, how much can he rise and how much can he fall? A cat's out of the bag now. Like, he's 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 a first-round pick. Okay. I, I think it's really going to cut. The only thing that gets him out of the first round is medical. If he, if he goes to Indy and he's got some type of issue, some long-term issue with one of his knees, a la bone on bone, you know, he's got two mm-hmm. ACLs. So, I mean, that's a pot. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, if he's got something that's lingering in his AC joint, which he did two years ago, 2020, maybe three years ago. So if there's something lingering medically, yeah, I could see him dropping out of the first, but that's the only way out. I mean, I, I think there's too many people that are now starting to really look at what he's done. Right. And they're starting to really hone in on the throws that he could pull off. I mean, he is, dude, he's, I'm telling you, he's, he is legit. I mean, okay. I'd seen him in person last week for the first time. I hadn't seen him in person just on the tape, dude. He is, he's every bit as good as, as I thought he would be. Like, he is the real deal. Okay, so he's the real deal, but in this game, you talk about, you know, in this part of the country, we need linemen. We, we need hog mollies, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, this game, Washington features, they won the war for the best offensive line in all of college football, but Michigan is, is known for having those type of war daddies too. So who are some guys that we may not know of, the casuals, the people listening to this show, that have no reason to watch college football because Rutgers has not been great for a long time? Like, who, who are some of the people that – you know, we need to be looking at to say, hey, these are guys that could dominate potentially at the next level. Uh, well, first of all, I don't know why I got to put Rutgers on blast, bro. Like they're freaking. They're you know, we take the, we, we keep the, seven, we, six, well, six. well, we keep the gray out, man. They, you know, they, they're the Big Ten, and now with Washington, and all these other teams coming in, hey. they, they may get worse than better. 
Man, it's tough out here. I mean, shoot, I thought you were like a fairly Dickinson guy, too, over there in Morristown. Like, shoot, man. Well, we, well, we know uh, Shadow's right, we done know, a we, nice we, job we, since we, he's we, come we, back. I mean, we, 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 we know you're over there in the Green Turtle turning it up over there anyway, oh, man. Right? So no, quit no, telling on yourself. Your spot now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, it's getting off the rails. Uh, Michigan's got a bunch of guys. Here, here's the thing that I think people don't realize. Like, everyone talks about, you know, Bama's talent, Georgia's talent, like the SEC talent, if you will, yes. and draftees. Michigan probably has 12, 13 guys will get picked. Now, they're not going to be – they're not going to just litter the first round. Um, to be honest, I don't even know who their top guy would be. It'd probably be their corner, Will Johnson. Like, I haven't looked at Kuiper's board or anything. You got a little Chris Jenkins' uh, son is there. Yeah, he's in there, but he he's kind of more of a first and second down guy, you know. So, can he be a three down player? I don't know. Like, there's a couple other guys, like, number five, Josiah Stewart. Like, I love that dude, but he's sawed off as, like, an end-of-the-line-of-scrimmage guy. He's, like, he's 6'1", 250, and he's a handful. But he's not, he can't play off the ball. So, I mean, you don't have enough length to really be, like, an NFL guy, I don't think. Um, I think, like, they have really, really, really good football players that will litter the draft in all seven rounds. But they're not going to have, like, the super high-octane guys. You yeah. actually look at Washington, Washington yeah. pound for pound. They're going to have seven guys come off the board in the first 100 picks. Like, at least three wide receivers, the left tackle, quarterback, the, uh, the defensive end, Braylon Trice, number eight, for sure. And then, more than likely, you're probably going to have the right tackle as well, who is kind of a fringe day one, day two guy. Or day two guy, really, more so. Really day two, early day three guy. So, you're going to have seven guys for Washington that comes off the board early. So if you're really going to just lay out all the players and you could just draft off both teams, Washington's going to have more picks hmm. at the top of the t- of the top of the draft. But there will probably be more Michigan players that are picked, and they're really good college football players. So, 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 you, so you there's, picking, there's a handful. So you're picking Washington is what you're pretty much saying, telling me, right? That's what you're telling me. You no, tell me you picked. What do you say? What are you telling me? Well, you know, the sum. The first of all, as a seventh round pick myself, <laughs> like I personally believe, like the sum is greater than each individual part. So, um, if Washington plays their best, they'll win for sure. But I do think that Michigan has more pathways to victory. You know what I mean? Whether it be by turning them over, you know, having a big defensive play getting off the field on third down, holding the field goals as opposed to touchdowns in the red zone. So I just think there's more pathways for Michigan to victory. But I think on both teams' best day, Washington has a higher ceiling. So Uh, so so with that – I didn't know quarterbacks could backpedal and punt. Oh, wow. Well, hell, first of all, I just I just gave you the business. Like I said, if both teams play their A game – You didn't didn't tell me who you are picking. It's people out there listening that love your expertise. Well, well you're I appreciate that, but I'm calling the game, so I can't totally give you all the – I can't give you right. the answer to the test, even though I know you wish I would. Yeah. Um, that's how I got, that's I, how I got I through college, Greg, <laughs> guys like you. <laughs> I think the safer the safer pick for sure is is Michigan. I think they're the safer pick. And I think that the game goes – if we simulate the game 100 times, Michigan, their path to victory is probably 65%. Uh, but – in the event in which it becomes a bit of a shootout and they're winning some contested catch situations, like Washington has some serious horsepower. So that running um, back being I hurt. definitely think like I'd either lay the points of Michigan or I'd take Washington outright. Like that's what I'd do. Like if you're looking for it that way, that's what I would do. Okay. I think Michigan will win convincingly if they do it a well, certain way or, or Washington wins outright. Th- throw, throw in a little ESPN bet there. I like that. A little reference there. But but that, <laughs> all, all I was actually going to ask, because I wasn't going to put you on that spot of, hey, you're calling the game. Why don't you predict the winner? But I was going to say to you, though, <laughs> is that like this – because, you know, we've seen in the past – 
we've had two undefeated teams go head to head, and then it's a blowout, right? Like, like we really haven't had, uh, you know, reason to think that even though both teams conferences matter, right? It, it, it. But what I wanted to ask, like, what, what was the game I was thinking of that was it was two undefeated teams, and it's just recently, and it was just an absolute beatdown. But I'm I'm asking you, like, do you expect this though? Because it is two different styles, as you mentioned. To be a very competitive game, like can we at least like get get settle into this game and feel like we're going to watch a classic here? I, I could have told you last year TCU is playing Georgia. I could have told you if you watch the first five minutes and if you watch warmups, you know this thing's getting sideways. Mm-hmm. Like all you had to do is look down and look at the bodies on one end versus <laughs> the bodies on the other, and know it wasn't going to end well for the boys. It just wasn't. All right, uh, you know. No disrespect, but I honestly would have maybe been the best-looking player on their team at wow. this event. Wow, yeah, wow. See? It, was, it wasn't good. I got gotcha. you. See, yeah, see TCU good. catch strays, um, but I can't shoot no strays at Rutgers. It's all right. Let them finish. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but, like, you can just tell. There's medic amongst boys last year. Like, this year, um, look, seeing both teams, I mean, they, they are pretty good off in the hook. Like, these guys look the part, both sides. So there's no massive advantage as far as body types which is usually a pretty good indicator of a game going the distance. Um, and then, I, I, I mean, I would be absolutely shocked, guys, if this game got totally sideways. Now, if a team turns it over a couple times, sure. Like, a 10-point yeah. game in this game might feel like a lot because both teams play ball control. Like, even though Washington spreads it out and throws it over the arc, they actually they snap the ball with, like, five seconds left on the shot clock, like, every time. So they, they don't really do it a whole – they don't really play with tempo. They don't really play with speed. So I, I think that a 10-point lead is going to feel like a lot in this game, but I'd be shocked if it isn't a one-score game by, season, by the game's end. Like, I think it's going to be low-scoring. I think it's going to be a grind. Washington's a lot more physical than people realize, and they're out to prove it. So I think it's going to be a heck of a matchup. I really do. I can't wait. I really am excited about it. I know it's not like the crazy, huge, massive brand in Washington, but they're legit, man. Those guys are really well-coached. They're really good. And Michigan, I mean, what more did you ask for? First opportunity to win championship in 26 years. Yeah. And again, Michigan is its brand, no doubt about it. All right, kickoff at 7.30 p.m. Coverage on ESPN and, of course, ESPN Radio, where you'll hear Greg McElroy on the call. Always good to talk to you, my man. Take care. Enjoy the fellas. Talk to you soon. All right. You, He's one of my best teammates, man. He was good. Cool yeah, no, no, we, I've always enjoyed when we've had him on before. When we were national, we did a little more college football, and then I'm he was always you, good to have him on. That team, man, got some of the best people in media, man. <laughs> tell you, Rex, Rex, Tannenbaum made sure he brought in the all-media team. I guarantee you that. <laughs> that is true. All right, coming up, we have audio files and some very interesting stuff to come out of the final weekend of the NFL, including some controversy at the end of the Falcons-Saints game that you need to hear about and more. But first, do you have more Sansone for me, my man? No, not, not right. No, now. we do not. Okay, so we're going right to break here with audio files coming up next day with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Oh, the Giants season ended on a high note with a win against the Eagles, but let's be honest, there are plenty of low notes too. Earlier this morning, Joe Shane met with the media with the season now over and was asked, what's the message to Giant fans? The message is, you know, believe in the process. Again, we we came in here year one and, you know, we were able to go to the playoffs and, and win a playoff game. And, um, you know, this year didn't go, you know, as well as we wanted it to, um, you know, for various reasons. And we've all got a hand in it and we've all got to do better going into next year and, and we will. That's what this all season's about and um, I got a lot of faith in the staff and Dave's and um, you know our process whether it's you know down in the, the weight room uh, the training staff, our draft process, free agency um, you know I've got a lot of faith in the process and we'll get this thing turned around. 
And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoy Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show. And it's only here on 98.7 FM. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. It is a football Monday on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by InfinityUSA.com. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Infinity QX60 crossover at InfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. 800-919-3776 is the number. We promise we'll get back to calls. We got into it with Greg McElroy. It was a lot of fun talking about tonight's Natty. Michigan and Washington and reasons to watch, of course, beyond just the competition aspect of it. Quarterbacks, Jim Harbaugh, linemen, all of it. So enjoy the game tonight. Kickoff, 7.30. ESPN has your coverage. Um, but right now, Bar Scott, it's time for us to step aside. Let me let's let all the Giants fans know. Joe Shane spoke. Very interesting things from him. We will get to that in the 2 o'clock hour after we gave the Jets the 12 o'clock hour. The Giants get the 2 o'clock hour. We go deep into the Giants and where they go from here and everything else, that's them. But right now, it's time for us to step aside and let the headline makers do the talking in this, st- in this segment we like to call Audio Files. The Audio Files. All right, let's, um, before we get to some of the local stuff, let's get to the stuff all around the NFL as the season ended yesterday. And the season ended for both the Saints and the Falcons. And after the Falcons lost and Really, we're just blown off the field. Uh, Arthur Smith, the head coach, was fired, but not before he was a little fiery after the game. <laughs> and why was he so fired? Why was he so angry after the game at the handshake? Well, the final score was 48-17, and the 48 was because there was a last-second touchdown where they had an interception, and then the ball was like on the one. And so Dennis Allen essentially sent out Jameis Winston. Jameis, Jameis, Jameis. <laughs> and said, take a knee. And Jameis Winston said, oh, hell no. 
That's just varsity. Well, I apologize to DA yeah. because the play was was victory. Yeah. Uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. Yeah. And I think when you have the team morale, and I asked the guys, I say, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from DA's perspective. I give him that. Yeah. yeah but DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he didn't. However, we decided as a team to do it, and you have the opportunity. We just had the opportunity, and, and we decided. So, you know, Jamal Williams, who you know, obviously from the Detroit Lions, yes. right? So he, he led them in touchdowns today. last year. Yeah. He hadn't scored a touchdown all season. Right. He had him out there, and, and Winston and everybody else in the huddle all said to him, we want to get you your first touchdown of the season. We don't want you to finish the season with zero touchdowns. Uh-uh. So they said, we're calling an audible, and you're running this thing up the middle. Apparently, the, even the Falcons' defense was saying to the Saints players, like, you guys are taking a knee, right? Like, we're not going to engage? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're and they didn't. And apparently they didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, we're taking so a knee. So, so Dennis Allen had to apologize. And I'm going to start off by apologizing to Arthur Smith and the Falcons. That was not a play that we intended to run down there to finish out that game. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. We should have taken a knee. So I want to apologize to them. Because, look, we're all – we got a good rivalry. And it's a heated rivalry, but there's a way we go about doing our business, and I wasn't happy about that. Yeah, because Arthur Smith, when they went for the handshake when the game ended, yeah. had some words for yeah. DA, and, and, you know, like what the blank was yeah, that yeah. and all that because stuff. It never happened in sports. Yeah, I mean, so again, again, well, it was 42 becomes 48. Tyron Matthews should just score. Well, there's that too. But anyways, uh, here's Arthur Smith, who is now the since-fired head coach of the uh, Falcons, by the old uh, about all that. Look, they can do whatever they want. There's no rules against it. Like I said, we, we didn't stop them in the second half. They can do whatever they want. It is what it is. Like I said, we hats off to them. You know, they kicked our, you know what, in the second half. They made us pay and took advantage of the turnovers. That's their prerogative. It's also my prerogative to tell them how I feel. Whether people like that or not, oh well. But like I said, credit to them. I mean, they do whatever they want there. How do you feel about all this? As an 11-year vet of the NFL, like, like, does this? What did you think about this? Listen, first of all, you you can't hold a, you can't hold the the the, the coach accountable when you have a Jameis Winston on your team. <laughs> like, bro, like he went full full of Tropic Thunder, man. Like, yeah, DA, look, listen, DA, I understand that you call it victory, and it was the wrong thing to do, but we decided <laughs> as a group, bro, this is not a democracy. <laughs> Does it explain why the Saints really weren't as good that, as maybe we thought they'd be? I should have put Derek Carr in because he listens to damn instructions, but I know y'all ass wasn't going to be here. Where's Hill when you need yeah, him? I know y'all ass wasn't going to be here next year. <laughs> so I said, hey, let James go take the knee, right? You know, Carr already took the tape off his hands and all that oh, type of stuff. Man. You know what I'm saying? Just and James went James. Whether he hungry for victories or one of his speeches, like, bruh, this is – this. listen – Jameis is a national treasure for us, man. Is he? Like he is. Is he? He got some of the greatest gifts, gifts or whatever you want to call. It's just in here. Wow. Now that was not the play. <laughs> but we decide. I say, guys, what you want to do? How you gonna ask him? The coach told you what to do. Anyways. That's like you tell your parent. Your parents like, you no, you cannot go out tonight. Well, me and my sisters and my friends, we heard what you said. But we, we decided to group, go out anyway. The group we decided. <laughs> the hell are you talking about? We and know of how course, important this party was for us. And of course, like I said, this this was more about the fact that the other team, like the people look at this as a disrespect and a slight, and he was like, yeah, I know, but we did it anyway. All right. Uh, look, mo- a play. Where? <laughs> moving on. Another story from yesterday was when the Jets beat the Patriots, not only did they stop what was a 15-game losing streak to the Patriots, so, of course, ding-dong, the witch is dead, but it also – Potentially sent Bill Belichick uh, into the end of his career as head coach or HC of the NEP. Um, 
Belichick, of course, is loquacious when it comes to top topics like this. When you talk to him, hell, he'll just go on and on, right? No, of course he won't. So he was asked in the post game, did he feel anything different emotionally walking off the field in Foxborough, which potentially could be the last time as the head coach of the Patriots? Disappointed about the way the game turned out, sure. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Do you expect to be coaching the team here next year? It's disappointing the way the game finished, yeah. Too that's early. Not, that's not what I asked you, bro. Yeah, he can't say on to anything because there is no on to for the Patriots. They did not make the playoffs. On to Cape. Third worst record in the NFL. Now, here's this question, though. Would you coach anywhere else? In, in the event um, you are no longer the coach of the Patriots, would, would you be interested in coaching for another team? In the world? Yeah, I'm not going to get into a lot of hypothetical situations. I, I wish I could. You should just pause, and you we could have a game where you say, "What do you think he said?" And then we, I would say that, and you would play his real words. Like, come on, man, Hobie Joby. Yeah, we ain't seen his for twenty something years, man. Like, you know what's coming out of the words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Even though when you see underneath the little t- ticker there we have underneath the first take show that we have on Snapface um, Instant Shot or whatever it is. They're, they're saying that he said he's open to something to coaching somewhere. He he did make a statement that was kind of like not Bill Belichick in. Did he say it on WEEI on his, his weekly appearance? Because that's generally yeah, maybe where he he'll did. do stuff like that. Now, I guess this, the, the reports are so far, Adam Schefter is saying, I think that they, he and Robert Kraft are supposed to meet this week. They could have multiple meetings this week about his future. And some of the suggestions out of Boston that I have seen are that the Patriots might want to not make any decisions on whether or not they're going to fire him or move on or you know, part ways. You don't fire a guy like him. You part ways, right? But the thinking is... Or trade him. That's the thinking, is wait now. Because there are right now... Sean Payton six, traded. Six, uh, five openings, right? Five yep. openings. Mm-hmm. And then there are other situations like, you know, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, who's, the reports are, he's 50-50 on whether or not he's going to stay with the Titans, which to me feels like the domino effect would be... The, you heard McElroy, right? Is Ray, Ray Roy, Well, Ray first Mayo. it's Harbaugh. To me, it all starts with Harbaugh. Are you talking about... Uh, like, with how all the dominoes fall. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe. Watch tonight's game. Michigan wins. He can walk away with no guilt, no nothing. I delivered what I said I would. Yeah, Your first championship in forever. Line. Right. He can now walk away from the college game, which is they, there's been a witch hunt on him for years. So he does that, gets back into the NFL, where the big money's awaiting again. He winds up where? Let's, let's say Vegas. So now the Chargers don't have a guy. Maybe the Chargers will willing to trade for him. And if that opens up, now the Patriots job opens up. Now you're Mike Vrabel. And you say, okay, well, that job opened up. I'll take that job because that's going home for me. Yeah, I'm not giving a first-round draft pick up for Bill Belichick. I don't think you have to give a first-round pick. I'm, what is Sean? What do, uh, well, you Jake, certainly – like, the Chargers what, 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 have like what, what, six picks. They're what not Sean, doing that. What does Sean go for? What did Sean Payton go for uh, last year? Because you would, you can argue that the um, the thing is with Bill Belichick, dude is damn near eighty years old. Well, okay, I'm I'm over exaggerating. He's seventy one years old. See, first round pick, and a second round pick, and a third. Pick. Yo, be, be, between between the Russell Wilson compensation and the Sean Payton compensation, Denver got job for the last two two transactions. Way too much. Remember, it was. Let's be clear, the 2023 first rounder they gave up was the 29th pick. I don't care what it is, but but the Chargers have the sixth pick, 
Right. They're not doing that. And if you're the Patriots, you're not asking for that. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. They, they have the fifth pick. The Giants have the sixth pick. So, so you can get. You're not their, giving you can the get, fifth. You can, pick. you can get. You can get 37, which is basically like a first round draft. If you give up 32nd, seven because if they fifth, then I mean they pick uh, in the second round. Yeah, I mean I, I do or or a future. But, but, but what about on, a future? Hold on, hold on. But did you what if hit, you gave a future on, and no, no, said no. if we get to if we win the Super Bowl, this turns into a first round pick? Did, did you just hear? What Jake said, they gave up first, second. It was multiple picks. I know, but but that was to get the rights to them from the Saints. This Yo. is this is the Patriots want to move on. So if the, I'm the if Saints I, if did I, not want to move if, on, if, 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 if you'll see, if they really love Bill, they'll just fire him. Because well, in the end, becomes, that's what happens, though. I'm saying if they if love you can't them, get it, again, let's go back to this again. I, we're spending way too much time on this, but because we want, let's explain it. Again, the Peyton thing doesn't count. It is not relevant to this conversation because Sean Payton left the job. He was still technically under contract. Right. And so the Saints were like, we don't want we didn't want to get rid of him. So if you want his rights, you have to give us something for it or you have to wait for his contract to expire, right? Well his contract can expire if he's not coaching. No. But I that's but that's how the Saints played it. Yep. The 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 Patriots are going to move on from him. Okay. So you have two choices. You take the 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 you know the the Third round pick that could turn into a first if he win the Super Bowl. My future. I'll give you a 2025 third round pick, fourth round pick, but it can be a first okay. if we win the Super Bowl. You take that instead of, well, you're going to fire him and I'll just wait for you to fire him. Okay. And then I'll sign him that way. Right? Okay. okay. Yeah, because if you trade for him, then you you know you I got can him. get him. But if not, you got to compete with other people exactly. who want him. Exactly. So I, I got you with that because if I'm Bill. And Belichick's going to want to go there too. You know, the Patriots aren't going to make this deal if Belichick's like, I don't want to coach I don't there. know. If I'm Bill Belichick, I'm looking at that um, that Atlanta job with all those great uh, veterans, Calais Campbell, Jesse Bates, those guys, uh, uh, Grady Jarrett, all the guys they got there. And I got Drake London. I got Pitts. I got Drake London. What are you missing? A quarterback. Yep. Yeah, I, I got a second round draft pick that I can go get Justin Fields. How about that? How do you, are you sure? Are you sure the Bears? Oh wait! Are you sure the Bears are doing that? You don't know the Bears. You have an eighth. You have also an eighth overall pick that you could get a quarterback with. Right, but if I can go get Justin Fields, I'm 71 years old. I'm not waiting until I'm you know I'm be looking like uh, Morgan I'd, Freeman and Shawshank Redemption, looking like I'm know. damn near in the upper room. I'd have to know that he he loves them. All right. Anyway, that's audio files. We have plenty to get to. Of course, you'll hear from. Oh, Saquon Barkley could be his last game. Was it this is his last game? Sterling Shepard, and they said goodbye to him. Oh, yeah, he's been gone. Uh, but also, more importantly, Joe Shane about the future now of the Giants franchise going forward. So lots to get to. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Uh, I do have this for you, though. As good as the regular season is, there's nothing like NFL's super wild card weekend. Six games, three days for these teams. It's win or go home. But you'll always have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a dub. These are tough games to call, by the way, this weekend. And the different matchups and the spreads and everything else to watch, it's going to be exciting. So, go to FanDuel right now. New customers get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Allen to join today. That's FanDuel.com slash Allen. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner, of the NFL. 21 or older, physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call one 877 hope and or text hope and 467 369 
Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Bart. So speaking of the one, two, three, and to the foe, because we all can count, right? Most of us. Sometimes I'm off. When you knew, let, let, let me just give you a hypothetical. Bart, you needed, well, like Chris Jones, you needed one sack. Yeah, to Dave and da- uh, Clowney. Right. You needed, and everybody looking at what the hell is he doing? You needed one sack to get, like, um, a bonus incentive. Either a bonus or strictly just a milestone, right? For you. You would know that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Although, now, although I have let's say it was three sacks and you weren't even paying attention to it. But you got two in and a you game. Get two like, oh, don't you think there's somebody on the sideline like, hey, yo, you get one more? Yeah, right. Like, like you know, right. That usually happens. And that's what I told you. The last game of season was all about for a lot of guys. A lot of guys, and not really for Brees Hall. Snow, we did not see that. We didn't see Brees Hall having the performance especially that not he against, had. Not especially against this defense that doesn't you know give up. Now we career high thirty seven carries, one hundred and seventy eight. Yards in this game carries. against the Patriots. Thirty-seven carries is a is a man's day. Now, he had one hundred seventy-eight yards, which is fantastic, right? But what he needed was one hundred eighty-four. Why? Because that would have given him a thousand-yard rushing season, which is amazing. What he had to deal with this year. Robert Sala, after the game, was asked, "Were you aware?" Because Brees ended up with. Obviously, 994 rushing yards on the season, so not an even 1,000. Which look, it's a, it's virtually a thousand, but it just sounds. But nobody way rounds up. Yeah, yeah. We don't round up. So after the game, here's what Salas said about it, the awareness of it. Yeah, we we were aware. Um, one of our mathematicians was wrong. We thought we thought he got it, um, but uh, we're 10 yards off. So, but uh, we were trying to get it for him on that last run. Otherwise, we would have taken a knee. Hold up! It, it, don't don't you measure? Twice and cut one. So why 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 am I why am I depending on one? Why am I depending on one mathematician? You said one of the mathematicians. So what the hell? Ain't nobody else checking his his math? They y'all just took it from him. That 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 sucks. Um, here's him this morning about the whole thing with Rich Samini asking him. How aware were you that Brees was close to a thousand at the end? And it sure seemed like you gave him a shot there at the. Yeah, we we were aware. Um, one of our mathematicians was wrong. We thought we thought he got it, um, but uh, we're ten yards off. So, but uh, ten yards off. we were trying to get it for him on that last run. Sorry, Otherwise, man. we would have taken a knee. I thought this was a new one. This is obviously the same one, just with the question with Rick. <laughs> they should have went a hurry up. Uh, Brees Hall, <laughs> upset about anything here? Uh, I don't. I really wasn't upset because if everybody on the league that watches me knows that you know I have the potential to be probably the best back in the NFL. If not, I'm top two, top three. So. Um, you know, you know, situation is this year it kind of sucked with the injuries and everything. But um, you know, I feel like uh, I just did I did everything I could just coming off of ACL and um, still having the coaches believe in me and stuff. So it was it was a good season. Bart, how freaking good is Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson for basically both of them having the seasons they had in an offense that was the worst in the NFL? Yeah. Think, just like I don't want to go too far with this. I'm I'm not trying. But think about this for a minute. Two young players in their second seasons. Yeah. Both of them virtually having thousand yard performances in an offense that was 
considered the worst, had the lowest touchdowns, one of the worst in the NFL, historically bad, yeah. and yet you got two guys producing thousand yard seasons yeah. as a running back and a wide receiver. Yeah, Joe, it's a miracle. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe Flacco came off the pickup line to throw more touchdown pass in four weeks. That's amazing stat. <laughs> it's like, bro. That's an amazing stat. Then everybody? Well, now everybody. we have, now we have, of course, the playoffs beginning. Without the New York teams, we still we have playoffs to watch. And Yousef in New Jersey has a, I'm with you, Yousef. Go ahead. Take it away. Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year to both Happy of y'all, man. What up? Listen, man, I think that it's, it's, it's pure greed. Yes. Pure and simple. Now explain. Not, explain what you mean now. Now, what, what are you talking about? Everybody out there that don't know. It's, 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 you don't have a playoff. You got a playoff game you got to pay for on Peacock. Now, I don't care if it's only $5 to get Peacock or whatever, but you you make all this money, TV rights, mm-hmm. uh, 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 whether it be, you know, the swag, the uh, merchandising, Ticket sales. Now, now you're involved with sports gambling. You're getting money every possible way. And this is NBC, by the way. Right. So now you're going to squeeze the same, the consumers again by by putting them forcing them to get a a playoff game. And, and, that, and, that, and that's why, and that's why, now, because yeah. that's, that's why, because they know you'll pay it. Let me explain to everybody now who might not be aware of this, but yes, so it's, it's so trash. Saturday night's game, the eight o'clock game, and a good one. It's the Chiefs. So they think about this: Why would we put the Chiefs in that window? On a peacock, you got to pay for it to watch it because you got to pay for it. Well, never mind that. Never mind that. You're also knowing that all of Taylor Swift's fans will want to watch this game, right? That's why you put the Chiefs in that game. So you can get some right, extra exactly. extra scratch out of the audience you're expecting to get because because of 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 um of Kelsey that all of a sudden they have this extra following now of how many times are we going to see Taylor Swift on camera so people exactly. who aren't fans so you already have that in there now so yeah and so with the exception also, of if you live in Kansas City or Miami you can watch it for free all right mm-hmm. on the on the NBC affiliate in those markets but the rest of the country yeah no you got to pay, pay for it. For it. Gotta pay and for then, it. And, 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 and Han, you said this around week three or four. You said that this was one of the most disappointing NFL seasons of, to, uh, in, in recent history, and you were right. It's been, it's been unwatchable. Unwatchable. Mm-hmm. And to that point, these commentators, I mean, if, if I think that uh, 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 Chris Collinsworth, and t- Tony Romo has to be in Josh Allen's camp. I mean, last night you had Tua, Tua do a touchdown pass, first one of the game, and Chris Collinsworth spent five minutes talking about Josh Allen and what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't even mention Tua, mm-hmm. and he had just scored. And yeah. also, one last thing before, before you hang up. A few weeks ago, before the holidays, you were talking about changes that should be made in the Jet front office. Mm-hmm. And that day, I was on hold. It was too long. I had to hang up. But I DM'd you a name that I think belongs squarely in the Jet front office. Somewhere in the organization in the front office. Maybe you can't look now, because it would be cool if you could look. 
But I'll tell you the person that I believe squarely belongs somewhere in the strategy sessions and the war room at Influent Park. Your co-host. Huh? Bart Scott. Bart, Bart, Bart's what? football mind mm-hmm. is bar none of the best in the business. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, he, I love watching him on TV. You know, I, I gave I gave him a little hard time about you know being like you know in his ivory tower looking down on on the guys or whatever. <laughs> that was fun, you know. what I'm saying, but Bart, Bart, you have one of the best football minds, football minds that I've ever heard. And I enjoy hearing you guys. I wish you the best this new year. I'm an Eagles fan. We suck. It's over. It is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? We appreciate now you. Now I want so. Lamar to this first ring, but you guys rock. Thank you, bro. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you as well. Yeah, I mean, imagine how the Eagles I, feels fan right now. I, I'm not – and just so you know, I'm not, um, I'm not paying for Peacock to watch the game. I can care less. It's bad enough. Amazon. We already had to yeah, get I'm into not that. Doing it. Right. We are. I'm they already did that. a game. Didn't they do a game around Christmas? Right? Yeah, they did a game they, Christmas. Yeah, did anybody? They, did anybody watch it? Nope. They like, put, did we get any numbers? They, they, they put it on. Uh, they listen. This Exclusively on Peacock. They, they, I'm wondering how how yeah, it did. They listen. They try. They try to get you to, to to see fat pigs get slaughtered. To 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 really quote uh, to quote uh, Mark Cuban. Let's fat pick this up on the get, other side because yeah. we're obviously on the break right now. But let's pick it up on the other side because I'm, this I'm is pissed. something. I'm I'm doing this off principle. But it is so obvious. It's so obvious what they're doing here. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Bart, on the other side, we'll continue this conversation and more. But first, uh, tell us about Sansone. Yeah, man, Bart Scott here. Let's check out, tell you guys, check out the uh, Sansone Auto Mall for yourself. I've been telling you guys for a couple of months now that you know it's a place to go. I mean, listen, it's the largest auto mall in all of New Jersey. You get to choose from almost 2,000 new and pre-owned vehicles across 10 top brands, Nissan, Toyota, Kia, Jeep, Mazda, Hyundai, and more. Sansong works with you to fit within your budget. They got all kinds of cars, all type of options. If credit is an issue, Sansong also can get you approved as well. Sansong works with over 20 banks so you can have more financing options. Tell them Bart Scott sent you and they're going to give you an extra $1,000 off your next vehicle. Sansong Auto Mall in Route 1 on Woodbridge. Visit SansongAuto.com or call 1-800-SANSONG today. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Nobody beats the Jets 16 times in a row. Nobody. But now with the season over, how would Robert Salas summarize the Jets season? Frustrating. Obviously disappointing in that, you know, we're going to fall short. But, you know, I'm also proud of the guys. You know, we started 4-3. and three. We hit a lull. And, you know, last year we were, that lull just kept going into the offseason and uh, we never got a win. Uh, we were able to kind of claw our way out and finish with three of uh, winning three of our last five. And like I said, it's not the way any of us wanted it to go. Um, I do appreciate how much everyone fought and grinded through all the adversity that we faced. Uh, and like I said, just starting this season on the right foot, uh, 2024 on the right foot, and getting some positive juice around the uh, organization and the players. Like I said, we know what we're capable of, and we're a lot closer, I feel like, than people think. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it is Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.